how you say something is arguably like more important than what you're saying. Not in terms of magnitude of importance. Like obviously you have to be saying things of substance in order to be seen as an effective person or effective communicator. But in terms of order of importance, like in terms of precedence, how you're saying it, how you communicate matters more than what you're saying. It doesn't matter what you're saying if you don't say it right or if you don't say it in the right setting. Nobody's going to listen to you in the first place. So it doesn't matter whether or not there is quality in what you're saying. Communication is everything. People overlook the importance of this. You can have the best ideas in the world, but if nobody hears them, then they're useless. I think that my life has gotten significantly better, like in terms of outcomes. The outcomes of my life have gotten so much better since the moment in time when I learned and started to really understand the importance of how to communicate better with people. And there's little tricky, tricky little ways that you can improve the way you communicate and how you connect with people. I get my ideas across better and my relationships are better because of this. You can't get what you want in life or it will be very difficult to get what you want in life if you do not know how to communicate what you think and what you expect of other people. It also like just makes your relationships a little bit more fun in a romantic context. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. Like there's little tricks that you can pick up that change the way that you interact with people. For example, one of the things I started doing when I was probably 18 is I often will purposely speak quietly. So like, let's say we're in um, a bar or at a lounge or in like a group social setting, like sitting around a table, sometimes I'll purposely speak quietly because it forces the other person to lean into you. It forces them to physically lean into you and it also forces them to give you 100% of their attention. Otherwise they can't hear you. Like I don't want to be the person who's standing up on the table shouting just for people to hear me. I purposely almost not whisper, but I speak one notch quieter than what is called for in the situation because it forces somebody to lean into me and give me their undivided attention. Obviously, I don't do this around everybody. I think I pick and choose. I do it around some people, but that's one of my secret weapons, especially the first time that I meet someone. I don't know why I have so much fun doing that. And it makes for like kind of more intimate conversation, especially because then the person has to be like physically close to you and really try hard to listen to what you're saying. Another super easy one is this, the idea of speaking less to say more. So I've talked extensively about like quality over quantity and everything. Communication is the same. Sometimes it's about speaking less to say more. The more that you repeat the point, you kill the effect. Like you have to sometimes give things the space to breathe. Say your point, but then let it sit. And this could be in the context of a one-on-one conversation or in terms of presentation or speech even. Say it and let it sit. Don't kill the point. Once you say something, be quiet for a second and just watch the other person's reaction. Don't keep saying it over and over and over again. Just let them think. Brevity is one of the most powerful things in conversation. An overload of talking does nothing except maybe just send the other person the signal that what you have to say is not valuable or even that you're not even convinced yourself that what you have to say is valuable. So you have to say it over and over and over again. People love to just fill silence with talking for the sake of hearing themselves talk and it it completely destroys your reputation as a as a thinker and as a communicator. The only reason that people talk too much is that they don't have anything to say of value, so they compensate by just talking a lot. Like they substitute quantity for quality. 
the more intelligent and interesting people that I've met don't talk a lot, but when they do open their mouth, what comes out is incredible and really intriguing. You can tell that they thought about it. Like the prime example of this is if you've seen that interview with Elon Musk on Joe Rogan, there are so many points in that interview where Joe Rogan asks a question and then there's silence for such a long, uncomfortable period of time. Most people, like you kind of move your mouse to check whether your internet froze or something. Musk will be silent for like legitimately three minutes and be completely unbothered by it because he would rather think through his answer and have that uncomfortable silence than to rush to give an answer that is not well thought through. Or in other words, to rush to give an answer that is not of quality. I love that. I think that is the one of the most admirable things when I see in people is when they don't just say the first thing that comes to mind. Because we've all met these people, like there are some people who genuinely just overflow at the mouth and half of it is pointless. Like they're just commenting on what is. There are levels to communication. There are different levels of like information or like what what can be talked about in a conversation. At the very bottom of the pyramid, the base level is observational conversation. You're just stating the obvious. You're stating what is. This is the people who say, oh my God, it's so rainy today. Zero value add whatsoever. You're just stating something you've observed and that everybody else knows already. Talking to fill silence. One level above that is maybe expressing your opinion on something. One level above that is you're actually introducing a new idea. And then I'd argue that one level deeper than that is once you've introduced a new idea, commenting on the emotional, psychological, societal, political implication of the thing that is intriguing and makes people think. This is something I'm trying to do and I think that in general can make you a better communicator is speaking less to say more and really trying to train yourself to focus on quality of speech over quantity. I'm trying to stop my habit of swearing. I'm trying to elevate the the standard of my speech so that I don't say anything vulgar or that diminishes the idea that I'm trying to get across. Here's another tip that I think you can have a lot of fun with. What makes for communication that really intrigues someone is the optimal level of, of salty and sweet. Communicating in a way that is this like contradictory balance between being salty or being bitter and being sweet, that is what leaves people wanting more or really intrigues somebody and makes them want to talk to you more. Because people, there are people who say everything sweet, like everything they say, they speak in the same tonality, they're very positive, they're super sweet, they over-apologize, etc. They're always optimistic, that's great. On the other side of things, there are people who say everything salty. They always bring an, a pessimistic lens to things. Or they always have the same kind of bored tonality. Or let's say they're always, you know, rejecting people left and, what do you call it, left and right, back and forth. You know, they don't give compliments very often, etc. And you get tired of listening to either of those two people. Let's call them the, the pessimist and the optimist. Or in the case of dating, for example, this is like the bitch and the nice girl. You get tired of listening to both. The best communicators are, I think, are the ones who every time they open their mouth, you don't know what they're going to say. You don't know what to expect. And that's why you listen to them because you're curious to see what they're going to say this time, right? So if you are somebody who doesn't compliment very often, you're kind of a little bit more salty in communication, throw in like a very subtle compliment to the person 
every now and then just to throw them off guard, but then move on from it very quickly. The opposite could be true also. If you're naturally somebody who's very sweet and kind and warm, say something a little bit sassy. It's just to see their reaction and then move on from it. Like it's just that optimal level of salty and sweet that kind of keeps people interested. And this doesn't even have to only be in the context of dating. It can be with with friends too. Like in any kind of situation, you want to surprise people. You never want to get to a point in communication where everybody knows exactly what to expect every time they interact with you and there's nothing new or exciting. At a certain point, then people will stop listening to you because there's nothing new. They've already read the entire, they've heard the entire book. They know the plot and there's no reason to read further. Another thing I've come to love a lot in communication is, and this is in the context of like, let's say you're not face-to-face with somebody. So everything that has to do with texts, phone calls, DMs, voice messages, etc. My preferred method of communication at a distance is sending voice messages. I love a voice message. And people ask me all the time why I love sending voice messages so much. I thought about this the other day and I think that it is because it a voice message forces the other person to take a second out of their day to hear you. It's also more intimate. Like if I'm texting you, it's probably either because I don't care that much about the conversation or like I'm texting for pure efficiency. I'm not going to have a full-fledged conversation with somebody over text. I refuse. It's just for like very quick uh, transmittal of information. Voice messages are different. In a voice message, you can hear the tonality of my voice. You can hear the inflections. You, It's so much more intimate. And again, it forces somebody to stop what they're doing and take a second out of their, their day to hear you. There's much less of a chance that your message will be interpreted wrong because you can hear what somebody means in their voice. So there's, it leaves space not only for more intimacy, but also more clarity if what you're saying is important. So I use the voice messages when I have something important to say that can't, that can't wait for when I see you in person. Because like my default mode of communication is I'm just going to wait until I see someone in person to say whatever the hell it is. I, sorry, to say whatever I wanted to say to them. If for some reason, for example, my friends who live in different countries, or you have something really important you need to say, but you cannot wait, either get on the phone with them or send a voice message. It's it's a different level of communication than texting. I also think that there is an overlap between, there's something to be said about how girls who send voice messages very frequently are also the ones who tend to be worried about being listened to. First of all, women send voice messages way more than men, at least in my experience, my sample size being like five people. I've just noticed that none of my guy friends, for example, will send voice messages unless I send one first. My girlfriends do it all the time. And I think that women do this purposely because it forces whoever's listening to stop what they're doing and listen to you for one to two minutes. It requires full attention. A text message, you can just glance over in a millisecond and then respond to it. And you probably didn't even read the whole thing. Like if somebody sends me a paragraph over text, there's a 0% chance I'm reading every word of it. Like I I don't care. I don't want to know. I just want you to like get to the point. Voice messages, you can't do that. You have to listen to it to the end to get the point. So even if that's annoying, there's something to be said about using that as a tool in communication. It forces attention. And I think the reason that a lot of women like sending voice messages is that women so often have this mentality of either you grant me your your full undivided attention or don't talk to me at all. 
a lot of that is because women are naturally more sensitive about like whether someone is hearing them or not. And it's normal. Like most men are really bad at hearing what a woman is saying to them, not because they're not actually listening, but because they don't pick up on the cues. Like women communicate in subtleties. Men, on the other hand, communicate very directly. That's why women and men don't always or don't often understand each other because they have two fundamentally different ways of communicating. I actually think that's why most couples get into arguments. The majority of the time it's because women need to learn how to be direct in saying what they feel or saying what they want, but also men need to learn how to understand the subtleties of how a woman is talking to them because it says a lot. And I think that he would actually have a lot more fun if he could read into what she was telling him with the subtleties, with the body language, etc. Long rant, but my point is this, like you need to fit the mode of communication to the context. If you need to be efficient and get information across quickly when the other person is not sitting next to you, texting works. For example, making plans. The main purpose of texting for me is to make plans so that I can see you and talk to you in person. Anything beyond that, like if what you're saying requires any level of nuance, get on the phone or send a voice message. Even better, wait until you're in person and then body language can also come into the equation. I swear the people who I know who have the worst relationships are the ones who constantly are arguing with each other over text message. It's an absolute nightmare because when you're arguing with somebody over text, there's a 0% chance you're going to resolve it. Both sides of the argument are just trying to say their part, send their paragraph, but you're not actually listening or reading what the other person is saying back. You're just there to entertain your point. There's like no chance that you'll ever reach an agreement. That is a rule I have. I'm not arguing with anybody over text ever. I do not get into arguments over text. If you want to get into an argument, you can call me. The last one I'll give is this. Making eye contact is such a powerful way that you can change the way that you communicate without having to change any of what you're saying whatsoever. You have to make eye contact with people. You have to be present in the conversation. You have to be listening to what the other person is saying. And even more importantly, you want them to know that you're listening. Most people are selfish in the sense that what most people want at their core is just to be heard. They just want their ideas to be heard. They want attention. And if you can make people feel like they have your full undivided attention when they are talking to you, people are going to like you more intuitively, like completely subconsciously. You can also use this, of course, the other way around where let's say you want to get a guy's attention, ignore him. It'll drive him crazy. In most settings though, if you can learn the secret skill of knowing how to make people feel heard, they'll start to open up to you in a different way. And that's where real intimacy is built. Or in the context of a business interaction, they'll they'll like you more. They'll be more open to sharing information with you. You can make people easier to work with literally just by listening to them. Be quiet. Don't interrupt them. Make eye contact reiterate what they said. That's like 80% of getting what you want in business. I can tell you in consulting as an example, like that is how I've gotten clients to cooperate in crazy ways. Like that's how I've gotten people to do things for me that they had to go way out of their way to do and wouldn't normally otherwise. You just make them like you by being a good listener and like making somebody feel noticed. And eye contact is a big part of that. But there are also other things. Like for example, I don't want to be touching my phone when I'm talking to somebody. There's nothing worse than having a conversation with someone and you can tell that their mind is on their phone. 
even if they're not looking at it, like sometimes the phone is just sitting on the table, but you can tell when you look at them that they are just wondering what is on the other side of their phone if they turn it over. They're just waiting for you to finish talking so that they can pick up their phone. So as a principal, I never want to be looking at my phone when I'm trying to talk to somebody. I don't even want to have it on the table, not on a date, not in a meeting, nothing. Imagine, like, imagine if I'm trying to get a point across and I'm talking to you, but I'm looking at my phone, trying to like do something, check the time, check the weather, respond to a text message at the same time as I'm talking to you. It's completely useless. I might as well not be talking whatsoever because I'm just not being effective in communication. Phones are one of the best and simultaneously the worst things for communication in 2023. You just have to know when to use it. But sometimes I just want to throw my phone off of a cliff. Getting good at listening, and there's so many little ways you can try to train yourself to be better at this, has helped me a lot. But what I will say is that eye contact is still my downfall. I'm really bad at this. I have a natural tendency. For some reason, I have a natural tendency to be really bad at this. I don't know why. Like, unless I want to make love with somebody, I'm not, I'm not good at keeping a deep eye contact. My eyes dart. Like I get busy looking at the world around me. I can only keep eye contact if I'm making a a concerted effort to do it. So it requires thought. I have to like remind myself in my head, hold eye contact with this person. I want to get better at it because I want it to be something natural. I want to do it naturally because if I have a conscious thought wherein I'm in my head reminding myself to keep eye contact with you, what it means is that my attention is actually split between two things. One is what you're saying, but two is the voice in my head telling me to keep eye contact. So I'm I'm still not 100% focused on what you're saying. And I think eye contact is good because it also transmits confidence. Like you're not afraid to look the person in the eye. If you're on a date, it could also make the person a little uneasy, like in a good way. We've all experienced those times when somebody's telling you a story and if you just make eye contact with them, as they're telling it and like after a few seconds they lose their train of thought and they start stuttering like I'm not saying that making people uneasy is equates to success in communication but sometimes it's just fun like sometimes that may be the goal dependent on the context of the interaction either way like I would say that not being able to make eye contact whatsoever will hurt you as a communicator it's just it's less personal And if the person can feel that you are not paying attention, they also respond by matching you and paying less attention to the the conversation. So those are just a few examples of how you can change how you communicate without even having to change what you're saying. What you're saying and how you say it maybe have equal importance, but in terms of precedence, how you say it matters more. So it's worth spending some time training that if you want people to ever hear what it is that you have to say. And the result is that what you're saying will actually be heard and there's a higher chance that you will get what you want and your relationships will be better. If you find any kind of value in this episode, send it to your best friend, send it to your mom, share it with anybody. One step further that would help me a ton is if you leave a rating and review on the pod. 
the main way that podcasts grow on platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts is through ratings and reviews. That's what like gets the algorithm to push it to more people. So if you can take literally 30 seconds to write a review, I don't care what you say, like just tell me what your favorite episode is. Any kind of feedback you want to leave, stuff you want to hear from me or guests that you want to have on the podcast, let me know. I promise I read all of them and I would be super grateful.